Spirit, I don't know how many weeks, but I think it's going to be significant because I think a lot of people have questions about the Holy Spirit. Uh, I didn't when I was, came out of a denomination. I didn't understand it, so I had questions. And when you, have, when you don't understand something, that's, what the, that's when you fear something, when you just don't understand it. So I want us to, I want us, this is going to be probably more teaching than preaching this morning, so I hope you're okay with that. I hope you'll take notes. I hope if you have questions, you'll, you'll bring those questions to me. Uh, bring it to the leadership. We might have some Wednesday night breakout sessions on the, on the Holy Spirit. Uh, the scripture I want them to put on the screen is Acts 1-8, probably the one of the most profound scriptures that I've ever seen uh, cons- you know, as when, you, when we talk about the Holy Spirit. And, and understand the Holy Spirit is a person. It's not a it. And so sometimes and because of the way I was raised, I would refer to it as the Holy Spirit or it. And so excuse me for that. Would you stand? Let's read this scripture together. And this is for the body of Christ, okay? But ye shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Father, I just pray this morning for clarity, understanding of your word, understanding of uh, where you're taking us as a body to understand more fully uh, this power, the Holy Spirit, that you've given, uh, you've wanted to appropriate and give it to every believer. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I, I thought when I found that video that was, it portrayed something very, very good. I mean, that uh, it, you probably identified with the different sections of it, did you? And some of the questions you've had about the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit, it's, it's crazy, but the third part of the Trinity has, is controversial in the church. Isn't that nuts? Isn't that crazy? Uh, that Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, we say them together, but we don't actually think of them as being together. We separate them out, and we can do that. That's okay. God separates them out. Uh, but it's, it's become very controversial in the church. Um, last, a few weeks ago, I don't remember when, I had different people from the leadership come and share with you about their experience of being baptized, immersed in the Holy Spirit. And remember, I said you can call it whatever you want. It doesn't matter what you call it. It's just good that we we have it, okay? Um, A good question to ask ourselves would be, why should I be filled with the Spirit? That's a good question, isn't it? You can go through life. You can get saved. You can have the deposit of the Holy Spirit, what we call it. You might call it something else. You're going to have the deposit of the Holy Spirit upon salvation and never really go and have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I believe that they actually are a separate work. Now, I believe that some people say they can be baptized and get all of it at one time. I think if I did, I would explode. But, but, but I believe that, that there's a reason God gave it, and we need to understand why do, we, why do we need the Holy Spirit? Well, I want to give you the first answer that I can tell you is that God wants us to have it. The, very, the best one is that God wants you to have it. Now, God is your Father, and He loves you and wants to give you everything that he, that he has. And He says, I want you to have this. Then we should want it. Okay? Look at verse uh, John 14, 26. Jesus was about to be uh, uh, crucified, and He was giving all these instructions to His disciples. John 14, 26 says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit... Whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So that's a good reason to have the Holy Spirit 
So we can be reminded and be, we, can be, we can learn. He is a teacher. He makes the Word of God come alive. So we should really desire to have the Holy Spirit, but not everybody does. John, 1 John 5, 7, I want to show you the Trinity. You know the word Trinity is not in the Bible, okay? But 1 John 5, 7 says, But for there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word. Who's the Word? Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. So when you talk about God, the Father, Son, you, you need to include the Holy Spirit in there. So the, the three are in one. It's Scripture. It's a lot of people say, well, that's not, in the, that's not in the Bible. There's nothing about the Trinity in the Bible. There are many passages that show you that the three are one, okay? Now, God wants you to be filled with the Spirit. And to be filled with the Spirit, you've got to receive the Spirit, now, that was the, the, the lesson. I'm redoing that same sermon because I didn't really get to preach it. Now, the word receive is kind of like the word believe. When we, when, when we talk about John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he, uh, he gave his only begotten son to whosoever believes, okay? The word believe is more than the word believe that we use in our, in our American culture. The word believe means to take hold of, grip to, cling to. It means to take it. Well, this word receive actually means real similar. It's a very similar word to believe. To receive, let me tell you what the Greek word for, for receive is. It's lambanya. It's not a, that's not a Latin dance, okay? Lambanya. Lambanya. No. Uh, the word lambanya means to, if I can find it in my notes, the, the word lambanya is a verb, and it means to take with a hand, to lay hold of any person or thing in order to use it, to take up a thing to be carried, to take upon oneself. So when you receive the Holy Spirit, you're actually taking it upon you. You're agreeing with it so you can use it. And you can further the kingdom. You can advance the kingdom because you've taken hold of the promise of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that cool? It's not just, a, oh, you got to... You got a package at your door here. Would you receive this? You know, it's more than that. It's, gra- it's, it's grasping it. It's taking and saying, God, you have that for me. I want it. And you take it in. You ingest it, so to speak. You have the Holy Spirit. So for us, when Jesus said, but you shall receive power, he, he said, well, do you want power? Take hold of the power that I'm giving you. Take hold of this power. Now, I'm talking about the baptism today, not the initial deposit like we saw in John 20. Is it John 20? Where he said that Jesus breathed on the disciples and said, Receive you the Holy Spirit. They took it in. They were, they were born again at that moment. That's what I believe anyway. That, that that was the day that he breathed on them. Now listen, he breathed on them. He said, Receive the Holy Spirit. But then later he said, Go and wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. It will come upon you with power. There was a separate act there. Now, that, that's something I think, especially if you've come out of a denomination, it's hard to grasp. Well, I got everything when I got saved. Actually, you did get everything. Because God says, I've got more for you, and it's in the form of this power called the Holy Spirit that will come upon you. And that power that he gives you and it comes upon you is to do the works of Jesus. Okay? That first initial deposit, it says, you're mine. I got you. You're sealed until the day of redemption. But I've got more for you because I've got, I want you to do what I did. I want you to obey my commands. And he says right there in John 14, he's going to bring to remembrance all the things that he told us to do. We're commanded to do what Jesus did. It's not an option. So 
There are a lot of different views from baptism, about baptism, or the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to I give you a book to buy, if you would like to buy a book about the Holy Spirit. I think it's a very well-balanced book, and it's by Randy Clark. Write that down if you want to order it. It's seven bucks. You can go to the Global Awakening website, globalawakening.com. You can get this book by Randy Clark. It's called The Baptism of the Holy Spirit. He is, used to be a Baptist. He moved into the vineyard. From the vineyard, he went from there to just a, a charismatic movement, so to speak. The renewal, okay? That's kind of where we fit, all right? Because I came from a denomination, a Baptist denomination. I didn't understand the more that what Jesus had for me. And when I experienced it, I experienced it, and it was real, okay? So here's some varying views of baptism. Christians have disagreed and been divided over when the baptism in the Holy Spirit takes place, what the initial evidence of the baptism is, and the process one goes through in receiving the experience of baptism. I believe, now listen here, this, this, you need to hear this. I believe the Western mindset, which seems to need to symptomize, systemize its doctrine, is part of the cause of this division. The, the Western culture, that's us. We like everything nice and neat and tidy in a box, right? We want it labeled. We don't like different. We don't even like change. I don't know how Obama got elected because he said we're going to bring change. People don't like to change. Some of you sit in the same chair every week. You don't like to change. I heard that. Yeah, I do. I do. We like our doctrinal expressions to be neat and tidy, logical and consistent. We want to box God into our own doctrinal interpretation of the Bible. Therein lies the root of the problem with this division. God is greater than our doctrinal systems. Oh, come on, church. He's greater than our doctrinal systems. Amen. Regardless of whether that system is Roman Catholic, Orthodox, Evangelical, Reformed, Lutheran, Baptist, Methodist, Holiness, Pentecost, or Restoration Movement, or the Church of Scandahuvia. Figure that one out. All right. Quickly. And this is teaching. Infant baptism. Some of you were baptized as infants. The Catholic, Orthodox, Anglican, Episcopal, and Lutheran group believe that one is baptized in the Holy Spirit at the time of infant baptism, that there is a renewed, ref, a renewed filling or a stirring up of the gift of the Holy Spirit, which one receives at confirmation. At conversion, the Evangelical, Reformed, Baptist, and Modern Methodist group believes one is baptized in the Holy Spirit at the time of conversion, and there can be subsequent fillings of the Holy Spirit. Second work of grace. This, I grew up before I was baptized. I was in the Holiness Church. Third group, the holiness groups like the Church of God of Anderson, and we used to differentiate that. There's a Church of God in Cleveland, which is Pentecostal, and we weren't the Pentecostals. We were the holiness group. Got that? Don't you know God just go, what? And the Nazarene and others, they believe that, they believe that when one is born again of the Spirit, at that time they are indwelt and sealed by the Spirit. However... There is a second definite work of grace of the Holy Spirit, usually called sanctification. Y'all know what sanctification is? We're going to be talking about that this morning. Which perfects one in love, gives victory over the carnal nature, and empowers the Christian. It's good. Yay, amen. 
And then there's the fourth group. Those old Pentecostals. They have two subgroups in the Pentecostals. <laughs> Isn't this weird? The Tower of Babel, when Ron spoke on it, that's the church. I mean, we just, there's so much confusion in the church. Because a man stepped in and said, I'll figure that out. I'll do it. Let me put reformed on my roof or my, on my sign. Let me put this name on my sign or that name on my sign. We got it figured out. The fourth group, Pentecostals, has two subgroups. Both, however, see the baptism in the Holy Spirit as subsequent to conversion. They believe conversion is when one is born again, indwelt, and sealed by the Holy Spirit. The baptism in the Holy Spirit must be sought and is subsequent to conversion. According to this fourth group, it is not a simultaneous experience. Did y'all get all of that? Did that help any of you? Some of you fall in those categories. Some of you raised that way, right? Come on. Okay. So, we're going to talk about that this morning. First, first of all, if you'll write this down, Pastor Harold does not have it all figured out. <laughs> write that down. <laughs> Pastor Harold told me this is the way it happens. <laughs> But what I will tell you is that we need the power of God in our lives. If we're going to live a victorious life, if we're going to conquer, get, get over and past the, the bondages and, and all the things that hold us back, we need the power of God, the Holy Spirit, in our lives, active in our lives. Okay? Every day. If we're going to change this city, we need the power of God within us. We need to operate in the power of God. When the, when the TCC goes out to MLK, they, they need the power of God to go with them and before them. And they need to leave him there for some people. Jesus began his ministry. Listen, how many of you know Jesus was 30 years old before he was baptized in the Holy Spirit? 30 years old. When he was baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I thought I had that scripture here, but I don't. Somebody, Basil, would you look that up for me? I want to read that in a second. Now, this is what God, and I don't preach from the Old Testament too much. Oh, I've got it. I've got it. I just have it in the wrong place. Just hold that thought. See, I'm, a, I'm more of a preacher than a teacher, so I've got to get this straightened out here. Okay. You ask this you might ask me this question: Is there a shadow or a type of, of baptism or baptisms in the Old Testament? What would the answer be? Yes, there is. Now, a shadow or a type is something that took place that God he, he showed it to us in the Old Testament more in a legalistic way and by the law way kind of thing. Kind of thing. In the New Testament, He brought it into the grace realm and, and in a different realm. So there's a shadow or a type in the Old Testament of baptism. And I want to show you that because this is what God wants me to tell you this morning. Uh, the children of Israel were in bondage in this country, and the name of the country starts with an E. Y'all remember what it was? Egypt. Okay. And Moses was called as the deliverer. He was the savior, so to speak. He was a picture of Jesus. And he was called to go and set the captives free. He was called to go and lead them out of bondage. They, were, they, were brick, they made bricks every day. They, they lived as slaves. And listen, before Christ, before you knew Christ, you were a slave to sin. So there's a picture there. 
Now, when Moses comes, God taps him on the shoulder and says, Moses, I want you to go take my people out. And he said, I don't do that. I don't talk well. He said, like your brother. And he hope you're talking. And he said, I'll perform these miracles through you. And he did all these miracles just like Jesus did miracles. And all of a sudden, Pharaoh, 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 he said, man, get these people out of here. I can't take it anymore. And so they left. And they went through this place. What was the name of the sea? The what? The what sea? The Red Sea. Come on, church. Help your neighbor. If they've never heard this, you need to know. They came through the Red Sea. How did they come through the Red Sea? It was on what? Dry ground. That was the baptism, a picture or a shadow or a type of, ba- of our baptism when you all get water baptized. And Barbara Johnson's going to get water baptized today. So when you're saved, the, when, you, when you're delivered out, you're baptized into the body of Christ. So they were, they were baptized through the Red Sea. That was a picture of baptism. Y'all follow me? Now listen, they went, they had, God had this plan for them. He said, I've got this place and it's called the promised land. It's in Canaan. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. And it's not very far from here. And so Moses come up, get the Ten Commandments. And he said, okay, God, I'm coming up. He went up the mountain and got the Ten Commandments. He comes down. He guess what the people were doing. Guess what the church was doing. They were already worshiping idols. They said, oh, well, we're Moses, our leader is God. What are we going to do? And so they were disobedient. They melted all their gold and they made a calf. I don't know why they made. must have been from West Texas because they had a calf. And they worshiped the calf and they partied and had all this stuff going on. And God said, okay, guys, if y'all don't want the promised land, you don't have to take it. I want you to hear this this morning. God's got a promise for you. You don't have to take it. You can stay in this place called the, the what? The wilderness. How long were they in the wilderness? Forty years. Did God provide for them? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, God, we're hungry. Oh, here's some manna. I'm not going to give you any butter and jelly, though. This is going to be this flatbread tortillas. That's what he gave us, tortillas. And they're looking for the face of somebody on it. <laughs> they're in the wilderness for 40 years. They think, oh, well, we're so tired of eating manna. Could you send us something to meat? They weren't vegans anymore. <laughs> okay, I'll send you some quail. <laughs> quail just started falling out of the sky. But they stayed in the wilderness. He wanted them to stay there, I guess, because he gave them new clothes. I mean, they just never wore out. I, can you imagine the women of Israel wearing the same dress every day? <laughs> same shoes every day. They would never wear out. Well, I was wanting to go to get some new shoes. Pay less, but these are still good. My husband says they're still good. <laughs> Honey, what do you think of this dress? Yeah, you were wearing that 30 years ago, weren't you? <laughs> Uh, my mind goes that way. I'm sorry. <laughs> Some of you guys are good with that, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I've these underwear for 40 years. <laughs> my wife wants to throw them away. <laughs> yeah, you're laughing. You know what I'm talking about. Your wife's going, yeah, they got 14 holes in them. And <laughs> yeah, they're comfortable. Good point. They got comfortable in the wilderness. God said, look, if you're comfortable here, you're going to die here. See, some of us, we get comfortable in the wilderness. 
We've been saved, but we're comfortable going to church once in a while. We're comfortable giving a tithe once in a while. We're comfortable putting a bumper sticker on our car, maybe. We're comfortable talking to somebody about Jesus once in a while. We're, we're comfortable even praying for somebody once in a while. But you see, you're, you, you, you've become comfortable in the wilderness and there's no power. You're not operating in power. You don't see anybody healed. You don't see anybody come to Jesus. But you're okay there. And guess what? God will let you stay there until he takes you home. But I believe if you've come to Freedom Fellowship, you're not, you're not content with the wilderness. You, you really want, I, that's, why, that's why God called me to this work. He said, Harold, you've been content with church. You've been content with doing the deal. And he said, there's so much more. I want you to go to the promised land. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. Now turn to Joshua. I love the book of Joshua. Joshua is the, the Hebrew word for Jesus. He's the Savior. It's another type. Okay? So we've got Moses. He's led him into the wilderness. Moses doesn't even get to go into the promised land because he was disobedient. He'd gotten comfortable. And so God says, all that generation, you're going to die. And, and Joshua, you know, if I told the whole story, Moses sent 12 spies into the land of the promised land. And two of them came back and said, it's good to go. God said, it's ours. Let's go take it. <laughs> and the other 10 said, no, no, no. We like it here. We like the quail. We like the manna. So we just stay here. We like our clothes. We like the way it is. We don't want change. And so they stayed for 40 years. And God said, Joshua and Caleb, man, you guys, you saw you had the vision. You knew about the promised land. You saw it, and you want to take everybody there. See, that's what we should be about. We got God. We have the Spirit of God in us and on us. We should want to take people with us. Let's go through that next baptism. Joshua 1, after the death of Moses, I'm just going to read this straight through. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun. That doesn't mean he didn't have parents, okay? Moses' assistant saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over to this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. Look, he said, I've already given it to you. It's already there. Holy Spirit, Baptist, God's already done everything he's going to do, church. He's already given it to us. But we've got to go and get what he's given us. So it says every, every place. That's power. That talks to me about taking ground. That means authority. And we're going to, wherever you set your foot, he said, I'm going to give that to you. I've already given it to you. From the wilderness in this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. He said, I'm going with you guys. I'm going with you. Be strong and of good courage. For, do, to, for this people shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. That means obey God. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. You want to talk about prosperity? He wants you to prosper wherever you go. And he's not talking about getting a lot of trinkets and a fine car and a big house. He wants you to take Jesus wherever you go. 
because he's with us. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have a good success. You know what? God is for us. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and good, of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go, just in case you didn't hear me the first time. He's wanting you to know. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the camp and command the people, saying, Prepare provisions for yourselves, for within three days you will cross over this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess. You gotta do some preparation to get there. God says it's time to get the land, guys. For some of you this morning, it's time for you to possess what God has for you. Y'all hearing me? It's time to quit playing the game, quit playing church, and move into your inheritance. Let's don't wait for we, till we die to get our inheritance. I mean, we've, some of us, we've been, I was in the wilderness. I was 47 years old when I, when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 47! That was 30 years. I, I accepted Christ. I gave my life to Christ at 17. That's 30 years. Man, 10 more years than I'd had a wilderness experience for real. You've been around the same mountain too many times. Some of you have. I know what it's like to go around the mountain. You don't even know you're going around it. You just don't know. You haven't been taught. You you don't recognize the signs. God has provided you a way out, but you continue to settle for the old way. Does that that resonate with anybody this morning? Now, this this is where it gets interesting. If we go to that verse 12 in Joshua. Because there are some who liked it just fine on the other side. There were, Heather. There were some that were just, they, they, were, they were settled in. <laughs> there were three tribes, actually two and a half tribes. Already settled in on the other side of the Jordan. And look what it says in verse 12. And to the Reubenites. Are you, are you a Reubenite? Reuben? We have two Reubens here. You're Reubenites. No, I'm just kidding. And to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and half the tribe of Manasseh, Joshua spoke, saying, Remember the word which the Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God is giving you rest and is giving you this land. Your wives, your little ones, your livestock shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side of the Jordan. See, they hadn't gone over yet. But you shall pass before your brethren armed, all your mighty men of valor, and help them until the Lord has given your brethren rest, as he gave you. And they also have taken possession of the land which the Lord your God is giving them. Then you shall return to the land of your possession and enjoy it, which Moses the Lord's servant gave you on this side of the Jordan toward the sunrise. Now, in English, (laughs) there are three groups that said, you know, our cattle are here. We like this part. And we'd like to stay here, Joshua, if it's okay with you. We don't really want to go over there because we remember the spies said something about giants and things. So could we just stay here? And guess what God said? Yes, you can. You can stay here. But, but there's one condition 
the men, you're going to have to go fight and help the others get over there. Then you can come back and hang out with your wives and your kids. Promised land, land flowing with milk and honey. God said, this is yours or what we already have. Okay, we'll sacrifice. We'll go help these people. We'll go help our brothers. We'll go help them get over there. But we're going back. I know people that have been baptized in the Holy Spirit that have gone back. Do you? Tongue talking, power of God. Oh, you know. And now they just live for, you know, just doing their old thing. They're just going back. To the wilderness. I think I like it back over there. You know, it was kind of messy in this side of the Jordan. I think there's a story. I think there's something God's trying to show us here. God will let you go back. He will let you go back. He, he's not going to make anybody go to the promised land. He'll let you stay where you're at if you want to. You know, the old saying ministry is messy. If you don't know about the gifts, you don't know about all these wonderful things that God's given you. If you don't believe in them, that means you don't have to use them, so you don't have to be responsible for them. So you can just live your life in mediocrity. Do you really want to stay there? Do you want to live in mediocrity? Or do you want to, do you want to wherever you step foot, God's saying, that's yours, that's yours, that's yours, that's yours. Your marriage, that's yours. Your children, those are yours. Your, your finances, those are yours. God says, this is yours. This is yours. You just take authority in them because I've given it to you. Don't go back and live with the old clothes. Don't go back eating the bread and the, the, the same old, same old, and the same old quail. Man, don't you want some chicken? Some barbecue? I mean, God is, a div- God is so diverse. Man, if I just had you come up here and parade across the stage, we would see every dress style in the world. We would see every kind of shape and every kind of color. Because God, he, you know, he gave us all these weird animals. He, 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 he didn't want to be boxed in. And we, we want to say, oh, no, I just want this safe and simple. That's not God. He said, you want to go to the promised land? There's going to be some fighting over there, but I've already given it to you. Just go in and take it. There's going to be some war in over there, but I've already given you the shield of faith. I put on that breastplate of righteousness. I got you covered as you go. Oh, no, no, no. I want to stay on this side. It's safe. Well, you can stay there. I did a little research. That's what pastors do. <laughs> Look at First Chronicles 5, 24 through 26. I wrote this down before we read that. Probably one of the most frustrating things pastors and teachers face is that we want others to feel the way we feel and desire the way we desire. But we should never force our wills on anyone. It's very frustrating. Basil counsels people. He wants them to leave his office, set free and delivered. He wants marriages restored like that. It's frustrating when they come back next week and everything you gave them to do, they didn't do. It's frustrating when you pour and pour and pour to somebody 
And the next time you see them, the next time you get the phone call, it's from, hi, this is Julie Green from the county. Somebody's here in jail. They need to see their pastor because they just kept going back and back. It's frustrating. How many of you parents, it's frustrating when your kids, you teach them, you show them the way, and they come back and they're doing the same stuff that they did two years ago. You go, what is going on? You want them to grow up, don't you? You want them to, you want them to go after the more. Well, here's, here's these tr- three tribes that stayed on the other side. These were the heads of the families. Ephor, Ishi, and I'm going to butcher these names, Eliel, Azrael, Jeremiah, Hodaviah, and Jadahiah. They were brave warriors, famous men, heads of their families, but they were unfaithful to the God of their fathers and prostituted themselves to the gods of the people of the land whom God had destroyed before them. So the God of Israel stirred up the spirit of Pul, king of Assyria, who took the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh into exile. He took them to Hala, Habor, Hara, and the river of Gozan, where they are to this day. Hmm. You want to stay on that other side? You can stay there. Eventually, you really won't have much identity. You might even become looking like everybody else. Because I think that's what Christians are prone to do when they're not walking and going after everything God has for them, they begin to look like everybody else. And you can't distinguish the Christian from the non-Christian. It's hard to tell the difference between the two. Because they've chosen mediocrity. They've chosen, I'll stay on the safe side. The land in Canaan was called the promised land. Now look at Luke 24, 49. Actually, I'm pretty close to being halfway through. (laughs) (laughs) To be continued, possibly. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. This was Jesus speaking. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. I want, to, I want to close with this because we're not, it's not going to be an invitation today for, for baptism of the Holy Spirit. Some of you are going, oh, good. It freaks me out. Now, Jesus said, wait for me. They were already saved. He said, I want you to go and wait for me. I've got this promise coming. Terry in Jerusalem. He didn't tell him how long it ended. It was 10 days. But there's a passage of Scripture, and I'm not going to look it up, but there were over 500 people that saw the risen Jesus, documented in the Bible. Five, over 500 people knew that Jesus had been raised from the dead. I'd kind of want to hang out with him. Wouldn't you, Billy? I'd like to hang out with a guy that was conquered death. Way better than Lazarus. He just went in the tomb, came back out. Jesus was killed in front of everybody. And he's back. He said, now listen, I've got the, you're saved, but I want you to go and wait for the promise. In the promised land, Canaan, I want you to wait for the promise. Tarry there. Don't run off. And out of those 500 plus people, how many ended up in the upper room? About 120. What happened to the other 380? I think they stayed where it was safe. 
I think they said, you know what? That sounds really good, but I got to go take care of my family. I got a job to go to. I've got, you know, I've got to go live the mediocre life. You guys go hang out and I'm sure it'll be good for y'all. And see, that's what we do. We go, you know, I think that baptism of the Holy Spirit will be really good for y'all. I, 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 you know, I don't really need it. I'm good. I'm good. I, I'm fine. I'm cool. I'm just doing my thing. I'll tell people about Jesus once in a while. I'm, I'm okay. God said, look, wait, 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 wait. I got this promise. If you'll just go and wait for it, get ready for it, it's going to be good. It's going to be beyond imagination, beyond belief what I'm going to, what I'm going to send. Listen, I think I would have wanted to show up for that. I, th- I think if, if I'd been there and he's saying that, I, I think I'd say, guys, you're not going to believe this. We just got to go wait in a room. And God's sending the promise. The one, you know, the one that was resurrected from the dead after three days and he ascended. We saw him go up in the sky and he said, if we'll just wait, there's something greater coming. I think I would have been packing out that house. I would have seen the other room. Hey, with the upper room, I'm sorry, it's, it's booked, it's full. <laughs> All right, let's get a bigger venue then. But five, 380 people missed it. And that's it. I don't want you to miss it. God didn't want, doesn't want you to miss this awesome Gift of the Holy Spirit. But you can stay on the other side and be content there. Matthew three thirteen through 17. The greatest example of why you and I, I asked you at the beginning, why should we be filled with the Holy Spirit? The greatest example is Jesus himself. Matthew three thirteen through 17. 30 years of age. Jesus came from Galilee to John. That was John the Baptist. He was baptizing. He wouldn't want to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him. <laughs> I would think I would have been doing the same thing, won't you, Jerry? <laughs> uh, no, no, I ain't going to do that. You can baptize me, but no way I'm baptizing the Son of God. He tried to prevent him. I, I just like to have seen it in English. <laughs> Uh-uh, <laughs> ain't happening. <laughs> says, I need to be baptized, you. This, you're coming to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now. For thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. There was a purpose in it. Then he allowed him. And when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were open to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and the lighting upon him, upon Jesus. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. 30 years he waited and he said, you've got something more for me, father? Is this the day? Yes, you just walk by the Jordan. You'll see John. And John will baptize you. He didn't do anything except what the father told him to do. He said, you go to that man, right? You go to John, your cousin, and let him baptize you. And then see what I'm going to do next. And he opened up heaven. And it wasn't until then that Jesus began to do miracles. It wasn't until then that Jesus began to walk in that power. You understand that? The promise came upon Jesus. 
It wasn't until after that the enemy really came after him. He was tempted after this happened by Satan. He was tempted. But he had the power to go through it. Because he had been baptized from his father. He'd sent his Holy Spirit. Listen. This morning. We're going to continue this next week. If you feel like you're in the, in the land of mediocrity, nothing's happening. You're just going through the motions. I, will, I want to ask you this week to earnestly pray. If you're one of those guys, if you're like that guy in that, you don't understand, you don't have to understand it. I didn't understand it. But I knew it when it happened. And it changed my life from a so-so nominal Christian to say, God, you have something for me to do. It's way more than I ever could do by myself. And he'll call, he'll call you and he'll equip you to do things in a way that are way beyond you. Because if you can do them, they're not, he doesn't get glory. But if it's beyond you, he gets glory. Okay? Would you stand? And John, uh, Barbara, would you go ahead and get ready for baptism? I want to pray over you this morning. Maybe you're here this morning. You already got saved when we had the invitation earlier during the ministry time. People were up here praying for you. Maybe you're one of those people. I I would never end a service without saying, listen, if you gave your life to Christ today, let us know. Just come forward and Basil will be here to meet you. And we will pray with you. Make sure. Okay, so if you're one of those people that said yes to Jesus today, didn't have to be in any flowery words or a particular way you just said yes to Jesus, I would like you to come and make that known to us. Make it public, okay? And God will give you the grace to do that and the strength to do that. But for the rest of you that are Christians, how many of you are believers? Just raise your hand real quick. Put it down. Wow. Okay. Father, right now in Jesus' name, I bind up a spirit of fear. I bind up a spirit of religion. I bind up a spirit of error. I bind up an antichrist spirit. Anything that would keep us from receiving what you have for us. And Father, I pray that this week, if not today, but this week would be a a week of preparation of consecration, of saying I'm setting myself apart to receive what Jesus has for me. I am going to allow Jesus to cleanse me, reveal his plan for my life, and give me a glimpse of the promised land, the promised Holy Spirit. And Father, I pray that over every person in here, even those that have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, that they would be refilled. And again and again and again. That we would not settle for the crumbs from the table. As was even spoken this morning in in our intercessory time. So many have settled for the crumbs when you have a feast. You have a land flowing with milk and honey. Holy Spirit, 
thank you for being so, such a gentleman that you wouldn't force yourself on anybody. But when we say yes to you, you gladly come. So, Father, whatever this week would bring, I pray that more than anything, we would be tuning into you. And we'd be listening. We wouldn't allow pride to come in to say, I don't need that. We wouldn't allow apathy to come in that says, I'm okay. But, Father, we would listen to your spirit and we would have this hunger and this thirst for you. Your word says, if we hunger and thirst after righteousness, that we shall be filled. Maybe this week be an upper room experience for us. That we'll get alone with you at some point in some time and just bow before you and say, yes, Lord, whatever you have for me, I want it. And we wouldn't be concerned about anything else except you. In knowing you, the power of your love and your spirit filling us and flowing through us. I pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said. Okay. You may be seated. I just think this is uh, critical for this body right now. I just, I believe it is and and I pray that you'll receive it. If you have questions, uh, please come to me. My office is open, and I would love to visit with you. Yes. Okay. Oh, you're not baptizing Oh, okay. Well, before our baptism, just to, while they're getting ready for that, is Kevin and Barbara already back? Y'all go ahead and go get ready. Um, food pantry. How many guys think it's cool that we have a food pantry? Okay. Guess what? We need your help. All right, since y'all think it's so cool, we need you to volunteer. Some of you guys need to plug in into that uh, because really what's happening, um, we just don't have enough help. And so we may have to cut back on some of the days. Sue needs some volunteers, so please volunteer for that. Now, right now we have that Monday through uh, Thursday, 9 to 12. And check this out. This is, this is the Freedom Food Pantry Report. In July, 140 adults, 28 children, for a total of 168 people received food from our food pantry. Isn't that cool? In August, 289 adults, 62 children, 5 seniors, for a total of 356 people received food. In September, 189 adults, 49 children, for a total of 238 people. And that's a total of 762 people that we've been given food to, okay? But really, our goal is not just to give them food. We just don't have people to minister to them, okay? If Maggie's up here by herself, she has duties that she has to take care of, and it, it takes, it, it's kind of stressful at times when she's trying to minister to people and she just says, hey, take a box of food, you know? We need people to minister to hearts. I mean, that's 762 people that you can love on, that are broken, that saying, hey, I need some food. I need something different in my life. And maybe you're just not baptizing the Holy Spirit so you don't feel equipped to do that. That's what Harold's talking about. Get baptism of the Holy Spirit so you can come alongside these people that need more than just physical food. They need spiritual food. So how many guys are interested or maybe available 
during the day. Any of you guys available during the day that might be interested in that? Okay, you can get with Sue back there at the table today, okay? So we need help there. How many guys uh, signed up for different groups this past weekend on the big picture? Raise your hand. Okay, has anybody contacted you on those deals? Okay, so we need to contact and follow up on that. But we really want you to engage and get plugged in the kingdom, okay? So that we can really walk together in love. So other than that, food pantry. Sign up the uh, uh, sign the poster in the back of the fellowship hall. Children, everybody, just sign your name. We're going to take it to uh, Tanya, post it on our wall in our hospital room. Real quick on the food pantry, here's a list of items that we need. Uh, They can pass those back as you're leaving today. Please bring these items. We're going to be collecting them in the foyer in there. So food drive. Okay, walk it out, and Angel's Hands are going to be having a Thanksgiving dinner on Thanksgiving Day for the homeless. So we're asking for maybe green cans of green beans, corn, just um, rolls, stuff like that. If y'all want to donate it, just, I guess, contact me or Sarah. And um, we're also going to make a list for stuff that we might need. But praise God. (laughs) 